this is the Start Prop Property Show. Good afternoon, listeners. Uh, that was the sounds of Musa Manzini with a track called Just Like Cape Town. I'm Ashraf Khan. You're probably wondering who's this new voice. Ivan Netling is not here today, so I'll be your host. Um, as, as per tradition, we're doing all the songs today from in alphabetical order, and today is the letter M. So Musa Manzini just gave us Just Like Cape Town. Look forward to some more music from... Artist beginning with an M. So, welcome to the Start Prop Property Show at Radio River. I've got a special guest here today. His name is Sherwin van der Ever. He is with Pro Mortgage and he's got more than 15 years of banking experience. So, I'm here to pick his brain a bit on anything bond related. He's a bond originator, so the technical term is executive finance consultant. But we know it, we, we're more familiar with the term bond originator. So, uh, Sherwin, good morning. I'm sorry, good afternoon. Yes. It's just gone 12. Um, maybe you can start us off to the listeners who are not familiar with the terms. What is a bond originator and why should I use one? Okay. Hi, Ashraf. Um, thanks to you and Startup for the invite. Okay, so a bond originator, basically, the bond originator originates a bond for you at a bank. So to put it in layman's term, um, a client goes to an estate agent, they want to apply for a bond, they get all the documents we get from the client. Mm-hmm. We then proceed to go to all the banks and then we get you the best possible deal from those banks. Now the benefit okay. of using a bond originator is, firstly, you don't pay a cent. So the okay. client don't pay, we don't charge a cent for the client. Secondly, the client, it saves the client time. Because mm-hmm. they don't have to go from bank to bank to bank okay, to okay. apply. And also it saves them a lot of paperwork. Because with them going to different banks, they have to fill in a form for each individual bank. We, with the bond originator, like us, Pro Mortgage, they complete one form and then we go to all the banks. Okay, so that's a, that's a, a pretty good explanation. Can you tell me how many banks do you send the application to and how many banks are doing bonds? Do you send them to all of them? How many, how many banks do you apply to? Okay, so currently we... We submit to the four, they call it the four big banks, the big mm-hmm. four in South Africa. So it's APSA, NetBank, FNB, and Standard Bank. So okay. we submit to the four of them, but we also submit to SA Home Loans as well. I so see. those are the avenues that we use. No, that's, uh, that's great. So if, if any of the four don't maybe accept it, do you then go to SA Home Loans and the other smaller, um, smaller of the big four? We do. So, okay. so we do, especially with uh, um, government employees. Mm. They are more... Um, SA Home Loans has got more benefits for them. So if the four big four don't um, approve the bond, for example, we will then go to SA Home Loans. Mm-hmm. But then we've got another avenue, which is called Sentinel as well. Okay. So most originators don't use, but you, we use them mostly for foreign nationals. Right. So as we all know, the foreign nationals, they tend to have difficulty when applying for bonds mm-hmm. when it pertains to their paperwork and stuff like that. Now, Sentinel work is they purchase a property on their name, on right, Sentinel's right. name then it's basically like a rent-to-own. So oh, after the okay. 20 or the 30 years terms, then the bond will then be transferred to the, to the owner's do name. Do they then give you 100% bond? They do give you 100% bond. That's awesome. That's good to know. So you're taking the, the bond out, but Sentinel buys the house and you're paying them back. Them back. Yeah. So, oh, so okay. after the full term of the 20 years or whatever, then the bond then gets transferred into your name. Fantastic. A reminder to the listeners, to if you have any questions for Sherwin, 
Our WhatsApp line, the number is um, 079-810-9048. A lot of you are familiar with that number, so please hit us up if there's anything you need to know regarding a bond, whether it's your first time, whether you want a second bond. Uh, the lines are now open for you to, to post your questions. So, Sherwin, another question that a lot of people are asking is, how should I compare bond quotes? If I'm assuming that all four of the banks won't give you the same amount if, if, if one is less or more, how do you compare them? Okay, so how do you compare the bonds? Is once you've received your final quote from all the banks, then you'll have to look at the loan amount that they offered. Because mm-hmm. sometimes clients will, ap- uh, we'll get into this a bit later, but sometimes clients will apply for cost as well. Yeah. And then you'll have to look at that because all the banks, they look at the application differently. So the um, credit criteria might be a bit different. Right. So all of them might not give you 100%. Yeah. You must also look at if the initiation fee was included or not. You must look at the term that they offered you, um, possible discount on the attorney discount. You must mm-hmm. look at that. And then also um, the interstate. It's very important to compare the interstates as well. Yes. Now that's where we as a bond originator come in. We do that for the client. Mm. So the cl- we'll give the offers to the client. We will sh- we'll show them, okay, this is what bank A, B, C, and D offered. Yeah. Um, then we'll go start negotiating with the bank for the best possible deal for the client. Right, right. And then Makes it's still sense. up to the client to decide which bank they want. We will give our opinion and tell mm. them, okay, we think that bank B is your best option. That's their choice at the end, end of the day. That's their choice at the end of the day. So, so you've got different interest rates from two banks. Doesn't 0.5% dif- make really make a big difference in the in the bond repayments? Ashraf, it does make a big difference. 0.5% doesn't sound a lot, mm-hmm. but it does make a difference in your installment. Mm-hmm. It might not look that big of a difference when mm-hmm. you look at when you compare it, but if you look over the full term, for example, the 20 or the 30 years. The interest that you're going to save at the end of the day, it's a lot. Because mm-hmm. if, if you will, on your quote, it will show you also what your full repayment will be at the end of the term. So that's also something you must look at yeah. on the quote. But that 0.5%, it does make a big difference. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense now. And also paying your bond off, like adding an extra 100 rand to the bond, or to the repayments, will, that will obviously make a big difference? Or it, does, big? it does make a difference because at the end of the day, you save on your interest. Okay. Besides the fact that your term will be a bit less, mm-hmm. you'll save on your interest as well. Because the, the banks basically charge your interest on your outstanding balance. Yes. So if your outstanding balance is less, then obviously you're going to start saving on your interest as well, which okay. again, over the full term, is going to benefit you. That's, that's a great answer. So um, I've got a, another common question here that people are asking, well, that I get asked a lot as well. Can I get a home loan for more than the purchase price? and use it for renovations or transfer fees? I believe a lot of banks are offering 110%, is it correct? Okay, so that's for first-time home buyers. For first-time so, so first okay. home buyers, it, it's a lot of benefits, and it's a good thing that the banks brought in, because obviously for a first-time home buyer, it can be quite daunting to purchase your first property, and then you still have to take into consideration, besides the bond that you're applying for, the attorney fees must yes. still come out of your pocket as well. So you have to oh, pay okay. that cash. Okay. So with the first amount buyers, they can apply for cost as well. Mm-hmm. It's up to 108%, depending yes. on affordability. Most of the times, out of experience, the banks only give 105%. Okay. So unfortunately, that can't be used for renovations, mm-hmm. but it will go towards a portion 
It won't, okay. In most cases, it won't cover the full amount of the attorney fees, but it will cover a big portion. For example, if you buy a bond, uh, house of a million, for example, right. and you get 105%, okay. then that's an extra 50000 that you get. Mm. But that then goes towards the attorney fees. Attorney fees. So, for example, fees, yeah. Yeah, so for example, if the attorney fees is, for example, 70000 mm -hmm. then you'll only have to pay in the 20000 because you get that 105%. Okay, that makes sense. So if you're not a first-time buyer... Can you then still apply for more than if you can afford? Say, for example, you can afford a 1.5 mil mm -hmm. and the house is only a million. Can you apply for a higher bond of, say, 1.2 and then use the extra money as renovations? Unfortunately not. Okay. So, so the bank will only finance the purchase amount. But, mm -hmm. when, but with the first time home buyers also, what most people don't know, if there's two applicants and one of the applicants are a first-time home buyer, then mm. they will also qualify. Oh, so okay. even if one of the applicants already has previous properties, mm -hmm. they'll still qualify for the first-time home buyer's option because the one of one of the applicants um, is a first-time home buyer. Okay, now that's fantastic. We'll be talking to Sherwin van der Heeven. He's, um, he's giving us some pretty good answers. I just have one more question before we go to the next song. Um, what is what is your guys as mortgage um, uh, sorry pro mortgage? What is your success rate in, in uh, getting bonds for clients? At the moment, we had we had a meeting yesterday, and our success rate currently is ninety percent. Oh, so obviously, you won't get all your bonds approved, yeah, but yeah. we because we have different avenues that we submit to as well. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I've, I've got a big passion for home loans, and especially for our community. I'm yes. under beefing yesterday over. But our community in a whole, I'm very passionate about. Just to see the satisfaction of get, put, getting someone out of a window, for example, mm. putting them into mm -hmm. house, to see the joy on the faces of that kids. Yeah. That's, some, that's why we're so passionate. So if there is a deal that needs some panel beating, we'll yes. go up to our utmost to try and get that deal approved. If we can't get it approved, yeah. then we'll walk apart with that client. Yes. Um, we'll tell them, okay, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do. We don't just leave them. Mm. So we walk apart with them for a couple of months and then we'll try again. But yes, the ultimate yes. goal is obviously to get that person into into ours. So that's awesome because um, well, we'll get into reasons why bonds get declined and what's the reason for getting 90% and all of that. But for now, thanks uh, Sherwin, we're going to the next song now from, um, we all know the song, well, um, um, McCoy, Marubata, the song is called Book Up. You are tuned into the Start Prop Property Show. Our station, our talent, and our people.
station, our talents, and our people. You are tuned into the Start Prop Property Show. Right, we're back at the Start Prop Property Show at Radio Esterafil. Remember, listeners, you can find us at shop number 5, Rose Center, right opposite the Pick and Pay in Plain Street. If you need, if you have any questions that we might not get to today, please pop into our uh, our office, there, our training center, and one of our agents will be glad to assist you. They've got years of experience, and uh, we are looking forward to meeting you and holding your hand through the process of buying a house. Um, today we've got Sherwin van der Eerfer here. He's with Pro Mortgage. Um, he's got a wealth of knowledge. That's why we got him in today. 
so he can answer any of the common questions. Um, and we're going to jump right into the next question. Um, Sherwin, what are the uh, what are some of the reasons we touched on this a little bit? Some people only some clients only get a ninety percent bond. Some of them get rejected. What are the reasons for a home loan getting rejected or a bank saying no? Look, this client can only we can only give him ninety percent or eighty. And um, yeah, so just elaborate a bit on on that for us. Okay, so, so there's a few points to that. So one of the reasons for declines, one of the main reasons is scoring. Right. So if your credit score is low, it's going to affect your the outcome of your bond application. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if the if and stuff that affects your credit score or that I've noticed quite recently yes. is multiple um, credit. I'm looking for the word now. Um, inquiries, yeah. credit okay. inquiries, okay. and especially those um, payday loans that the people do. Mm. Every month Short when term. you do a payday loan, mm. they do a credit inquiry. So that lowers your score. So that right. also affects your, the outcome of your bond application. So it's your credit score. If you have any judgments or mm-hmm. blacklisted adverse or anything like that, that will also cause a decline. Um, debt review. Right. If you're under debt review, the banks don't look at your application. Um, so so that's, from the, that's from the applicant side. Right. The other reason why it might also decline is because of the value of the property. Right. So, for example, if you purchase, the, the purchase price is $1 million right. and you qualify from your side, so your credit is fine, mm-hmm. affordability is another thing, yes, affordability yes. is another factor. So, if your credit is fine, your affordability is fine, then they issue you an AIP. Right. So, the AIP is an approval in principle. Okay. It means everything is clear from your side, the purchaser, pending valuation. Okay, so if the house is not maybe valued at a million, was less, the bank won't give you the full amount. The bank won't give you the full okay. amount or they will decline the application. Right. Because right. at the end of the day, that's a risk to the bank. So, so do they give you the reasons for why it's declined and, and do you work on that reasons? The valuation? Yeah. Yes. So the bank will give you a valuation report. So it might be that um, it might be that some stuff need to be fixed on the house. Mm-hmm. So on the va- bank's valuator's um, notes or report, they will tell you exactly what needs to be done to get the house up to that amount okay, that you're looking okay. for. Um, but in general, uh, if, in, if any application gets rejected, do they tell you why it's rejected and, and you can work on, on, on fixing that? Yes, they do. So th- they'll tell us, okay, it's affordability or schooling. Mm. So in terms of affordability, it might be that the client, the living expenses may be a lot or they might have too much accounts. Mm. So then we'll... We coach them, so so yeah. we don't just leave them. So so we coach them. We'll tell them, okay, try and finish this account, that account, and then we can see again. Or maybe you're spending too much on entertainment because mm. nowadays people swipe, and the banks can pick up on the bank statement. They can it's see takeaways in this Netflix and this all the extras, yeah. In so so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a great service to have. I mean, we do hear of someone holding your hand and saying. Look, you've gone wrong here, you've gone off the path, let us guide you, maybe close off this account or pay this one up and, and this is how we're going to reapply. You might miss the, the home of your dreams, but it's still, it's still uh, someone on your side looking for your best interest, uh, how to fix it and how to, to go about um, uh, getting that application in again. So a question that just popped up now in my head is, what happens if you uh, do a bond application does that um, affect your credit score? Because the same as when you're applying for a loan, 
it's also a loan. Does does your credit score get affected every time you? It does get it does get affected because um, a credit inquiry will need to be done. Mm. So when you do the bond application, um, we need to go check your credit bureau yes. or the banks basically. They need to check your credit bureau because obviously the bank won't approve a bond to someone Mm-mm. doesn't have a credit record or doesn't have right. a, um, a positive credit record. Yes, yes. So that's why it will affect your score because whenever they touch your credit bureau or there's an inquiry done, it Mm-mm. affects your score. Okay, okay. And... Um, how should I? Um, so, so another question: If I applied for a bond and it gets rejected, how long after that application can I reapply mm. for for another house? It depends on the reason for decline. Okay. So if it's if it's your scoring, and it, it might be that you you had some of your accounts were in areas, but now it's paid up to date, mm-hmm. but your score still has, still hasn't increased. So then we normally tell the clients, look. Give it three to six months yes. if it is for scoring. Mm. If it's affordability and you can pay, f- you might win the lotto or you might um, get some money somewhere where you can then settle some of those accounts that you have. Mm-mm. Once those accounts have been settled and you've got paid up letters and we can go back to the bank, Mm-mm. we can tell them, look, there's affordability now, here's a proof, here's a paid up letters. Can you refer it back to credit? Can we have a look at it again? So just generally a, like a sacrifice on your bill. I mean, it's one of the biggest purchases a lot of people will be making. So, cutting a bit of expenses for six months or 12 months until you find your dream home, it's worth it, I think. I mean, we, we shouldn't look at it as, as an inconvenience. It's, it's an asset that you're buying, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously, it's an, it's an asset that's going... So if you compare buying an expensive car to a house, the mm. car loses its value. Yes. When you drive that car off the showroom, it loses value. With mm. the house, you, you will never lose value on your property. Mm. So, so your property will only increase. So sometimes it's nice to drive a nice car, yes. but as you grow older, you, 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 will, you will start realizing, but it's more important for me to be in a, in a no, house. No, definitely. I mean, uh, someone told me something when I was a lot younger in my teens. He said um, he doesn't understand why youngsters spend so much money on cars. Whereas if they were to buy a house, even though they don't need the house, mm. the house can still be rented out. The house will increase in value. In 10 years' time, you can sell that house to buy you if you are getting married, but it will remain your house and as long as you're paying it. And um, it just makes so much more sense to, to s- invest your money into a fixed uh, asset it instead of... It is, as if, and you know term. what, sometimes it, it's, it's about status. That's why they beat. It's, like I said, it's nice to die if there's nice car. But I've done applications where I see a person earning 7,000 rand a month, mm-hmm. but then they pay 2,500 rand towards an iPhone per month. Uh, Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think it's, but, I don't know, it's, but, uh, it's, it's, it's mostly for status. Because yeah. you can't yeah. pay, two, you earn 7,000 rand a month, you want to apply for a house, but you're paying 2,500 towards a cell phone per month. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Just but it's sense. great that you're guiding clients through that and, and preparing them. Um, for for a big purchase like that, you know, yeah. um, what is um, sorry? You mentioned AIP. What is an AIP, and how long does it take you to get an AIP? Okay, from the time they put in the offer, they sign the offer, the document goes in to you. How long till we get an answer? Okay, so okay, I'll explain the process quickly from the start to to get to the AIP. So how it w- okay, so how the process work is. The agent will sell the house or they'll get a, a buyer. Mm-hmm. They will get all the documents or we'll get the documents from him. So it's the 
So the documents that they'll basically need to apply is a basically the pay slips, IDs, bank statement, mm-hmm. IDs, and then importantly, obviously the offer to purchase that they need yes, to sign. Yes. So the offer offer to purchase is basically the contact between the purchaser and the and the buyer, yes. ah, the purchaser and the seller. Yes. So from there, then we submit to the to the banks. If all goes well, you get an AIP, which is an approval in principle. It takes okay. about three to four days. We give it maximum three to four days, but we normally push for a bit, for a bit quicker. Yeah. But maximum three to four days. That's obviously if all the documents are there and they don't need uh, updated uh, payslips, for example. 100%. Yeah. Right. So then that takes about three to four days. For, so you get an approval in principle. And from there, it will go to valuation. Mm. So you get two different types of valuations. So you get um, a physical valuation where the bank will send out the valuator to the property to, the to property, go value yes, it, yes. or you'll get a desktop valuation. Mm-hmm. Now the desktop valuation they used to do a lot during COVID when we right. couldn't go out. Couldn't go out. Yeah. So desktop valuations don't do that much anymore, yes. but you do get a desktop valuation and a and a physical valuation. Yes, yes. And once that is passed through, then you will get the final grant from the okay. from the from the banks. That's almost like you guarantee the house is now yours. We're f- happy with the value of the house. We're happy to give you the full amount and that you can now start packing your boxes. <laughs> yeah, but then f- um, from there, then it goes to the attorneys. Right. So to get the bond registered on your name normally takes about six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. Yeah. Uh, just leading me to another question here. What do you, who pays for the transfer fees? Mm-hmm. Who pays uh, the bond cost? Okay, so, so there's two attorneys involved. So the one is the bond which is the registering attorney, which right. gets appointed by the bank. And the okay. other one is the transferring attorney, which normally gets appointed by the seller. Right. Both right. attorneys need to be paid by the purchaser. Okay. So the person buying the property needs to pay, pay the, tra- both the transferring attorney. Both those attorneys, yeah. Okay, because the transferring attorney is working to put the house on his name, basically. So basically, yeah. Okay. But then, with the nice thing with the first time home buyers, they can apply for the with an extra 5%, 5 to 8%, mm-hmm. which will then go towards the the attorney fees. Yes, yes. And then obviously there's FLISP as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to get into FLISP um, now. You can just, yeah, I think a lot of clients know about it's a government subsidy, but just basically tell us maybe the sliding scale and go into a bit more detail there. Okay, so the FLISP is, um, it's a, like you said, it's, it's, it's from the government. Um, you need to earn not more than 22,000 rand per month yes. combined. Okay. It's from 3,501 rand up to 22,000. And office and it's in different brackets. Right. So the gist of it is, the more you earn, the less you're going to get out. Right. The lesser you earn, the more the government is okay. going to get so, so if you're earning 3,000 rand, for example, you get, what is the maximum payout that the that government gives you? I think it's about 120,000. I think it's about 120,000 yeah. and about that to get there. Uh, and obviously if you're earning 22,000, it'll be only maybe 3,000 rand or something like that towards it. Yes. Um, okay. Well, that's a great initiative from government that are uh, looking at people who are first-time buyers. I think one of the criteria is also that you need to be um, a parent. You need to have sibling, um, kids. You need to have uh, a First-time buyers, first-time buyers as well, South African citizens. That is also the requirements. But um, yeah, and that's, that's and also that that fees again the money that they give you can also go towards the cost, the attorney mm. cost. Okay. So I've just brought it up here. So if you earn about three and a half, then you get about one hundred and twenty-one thousand. Right. 
right? Where if you earn about 22,000, looking at about plus minus 40,000. So there's some great incentive and initiative from government to, to give us help with um, paying the transfer fees, which is a cost that we normally don't think of, um, especially first-time buyers. These are the questions we like to hear from clients, meaning that they are um, delving, diving into the market. They're asking us for advice. Um, we, there's things like FLISP. There's, um, we can give you advice on how to start saving, what the amount is to save for, what is your uh, amount of the bond that you're looking at. Um, and I'm sure we've given the, the listeners now enough uh, things to digest uh, while we go to the next song. Um, the next song in the M list is a popular song. I'm sure everyone knows this one. It's from the legendary Maria Makeba, and it's called Pata Pata. Sabu ko kasati 
This is the start prop property show. Hi, good afternoon. Welcome back to the Start Prop Property Show. My name is Ashraf and I've got a special guest here, Sherwin from Pro Mortgage. Um, before we get into the questions, I just want to remind all the listeners that we are at shop number five, Rose Center in East River, right opposite the Pick and Pay in Plain Street. Uh, feel free to come visit us, have a chat, have a coffee, discuss your, your plans for, for real estate. And if you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent, we are offering a free course which started today, um, but there's still enough time to join us. Uh, give our office a call, re reach out to us, and we're sure to get a slot into there. We've still got a f a two more seats left. The course is, runs on a Wednesday from 9 till 11. It's a two-hour course. Remember the keyword here, it's free. It is an introductory course. Um, and that is also at our shop five uh, row center in East River. Um, you you will learn enough to make your first sale. Uh, we hold your hand through the entire process. So remember, Wednesdays nine to eleven, you can still apply to um, to join in on our next session, which is next Wednesday nine to eleven. Okay, so getting back into the questions, uh, Sherwin, I see we've got a WhatsApp question here as well. I'll I'll leave that for a little later. Just remember the WhatsApp line number is 079-810-9048. That's 079-810-9048. So I'm going to jump right into the next question on my list here is, what is a pre-approval or a pre-qualified client? What is, what is pre-approval for those that don't know? Okay, so, so that's one of the services that we offer. Right. So we do a pre-qualification for a client. So... Most of, the most of the time, the clients, they don't know if they do qualify for a bond, and also they don't know the amount that they might qualify mm -hmm. for. So before they start looking for a property, they will come to us, um, Pro Mortgage, and they will tell us, look, I'm interested in buying a property, or mm -hmm. they will go to the agent. The agent will come to us, say, okay, let's see how much this client qualify for. We didn't get the documents, then we do a pre-qualification. Right. So the pre-qualification is based on your income, your your total debt that you have, that you pay per month, your installments, your living expenses, and obviously your credit score. Mm. So based on that, we'll be able to tell you exactly um, the amount that you might qualify for. But yes. then what we normally do is we work it out over, depending on your age, we work it out over 20, 25 years, and 30 years. Right. So 30 years is the maximum term that the banks will give you. Yeah. But the bond must be paid up before the age of 75. So okay. that's why I say depending on your on your age, we can work it out over over different terms up like to a maximum 45, of thirty years. Then seventy five is like thirty years from there. So that's the kind of cutoff. That's, that's basically the cutoff. Is there a cost involved in this pre approval? Our services are totally free of charge. So so once we've done the pre qualification for you, we'll then give you a certificate. That certificate is valid for three months. So you can then go to if if there's a property that you're interested in, right. you can then go to the agent or to the seller and say, look. I've got. I'm pre-qualified. Here's mm. my certificate. You oh, can then okay. you can then basically use that certificate to make an offer on the property. You say three months for three months. The yeah. next three months. Okay. So then you can use that certificate to make an offer on the property or even negotiate with the seller. Mm, mm. The seller might ask a million, for example, but you can tell him, look, the property's been on the market for five years already, for example. Yes, yes. I qualify for nine fifty. Are you are you willing to take the nine fifty? Or if it if it's more than. I I qualify for 1.1, but I'll put the offer in for 
a million that you're offering. You can do that me. as well, yeah. Okay, so that's a, that's a very good question. I, the next question is, does a pre-approval increase my chances of getting a bond? It does. Because once we've submitted to the banks, we can then prove to them that we did the pre-qualification, as you, the pre-qualification for you. Mm-hmm. So then it's, it's just going to um, increase the, the time that we have for yes, the outcome yes. of, the, of, the, of, the, of the bond approval. Because yes. most of that work has been done, basically. Okay, so yeah, once it's, it's gone to the easy. banks, it's going to be much easier. So it's kind of a more of a guarantee. Is it a guarantee? I mean, the bank could have given you 950 and said you've got a pre-approval. Um, you put it offer in for 950. Is there a guarantee they're going to look at, they go more in-depth and look at expenses and change that figure by any chance? I've seen where that has happened. Mm-hmm. So we do a pre-qualification, but, right. a, but it's subject to full credit verification of the banks. Mm. So the banks, like we do as well, they also go and they check your bank statement, for example. Mm. So for example, if you a family of five mm. and you declare grosses of 500 rand per month, it yeah. doesn't make sense at all. Yes, yes. So then obviously the banks are going to look at it. They're going to see where you swipe, where mm. you buy food, how much you purchase. Mm. But sometimes what the banks also look at or what they don't look at, sometimes a person might use a credit card to buy the food. Mm. So now they declare 500 rand for groceries, but in the credit um, card instalment per month is 4,000, for example. Yes, yes. But then the bank take the 4,000 and, and they add the extra amount for the food. So mm. that's where we come in, the bond mm. originator. So we can distinguish, we can then go back to the bank and tell them, look, um, as of users, his credit card to purchase food mon- on a mm, monthly basis. Mm, mm, mm. That's why there's only 500 and declared for food. Right, right. So that's the kind of stuff that we look at. And that's also one of the reasons why you need to come to us as a bond originator to assist you with the home loan application. Because if you go to the banks, you don't have someone that's gonna that knows you that know you. So yes. I build a relationship with my client. They'll tell me, okay, I use this, that, that. We have the bank. You fill in the form. We go online. You do the mm-hmm. application, but you don't have that human interaction if you do it online. Yes, yes. We, if you go to if you come to us a bond originator, which is Pro Mortgage, then at least we have that relationship. Then yeah. you, um, we'll know exactly. Okay, this that amount is for that. That amount is for that. Makes hundred percent sense. So you advise someone to rather come to you as the bond originator than to go to. Uh, your personal banker or your bank that you've been with for 30 years, is that a lot of people are, are asking why Why apply to all the others? I'm with this bank for 30 years. What do you, What would your advice be to them? Look at the end of the day, it is the client's, uh, is the client's choice. Mm-hmm. Most of the clients are loyal. They won't move mm-hmm. from their bank or anything. They, wa- they don't even want us to, op- they will come to us, but then tell us, I only want you to apply that apply bank. At I that don't bank, want you to yes, apply yes. that bank. But that is a disadvantage to the client mm-hmm. because the client doesn't have a guarantee that his bank will give him the best, the best, best deal. Yes. Um, in most cases, or a lot of cases, from the get-go, the client's bank won't give the best deal. Mm-hmm. But the banks um, don't want to lose their clients, so yes. they'll fight for their clients. But if there's a comparison quote, then they'll definitely fight for the client to give their client a best deal. A better deal, yes. But if, they only have the, if the client only went to their bank, mm-hmm. then there won't be other, other comparative quotes to compare their bank with. Yes, no, that's an that's excellent point there. We've, we've getting golden nuggets here from Sherwin van der Heuvel from Pro Mortgage. Um, he's giving us great advice for those that didn't know th- the questions are coming in. Um, I've got a question here from Alice from Goodwood, she says she's got a house that's nearly paid up, right? She wants to apply for a second 
uh, a bond on a second home so she can rent out the first home. Uh, the first home has obviously gotten a bit too big for her. The kids have moved out. If she wants to apply for a second bond, will the banks look at that? Uh, and, and she rents out the first house, from what I understand. Would they see the income from the house number one in Goodwood and use the rent as an income? Okay, Alice, thanks for the question. So what I'm getting is that Alice is still living in the property, so she's not renting it out at the moment. Yes. So if she wants to do that, it's going to be seen as future rental income. Right. So currently the banks don't look at future rental income as an income. Mm-hmm. But APSA has started looking, has started taking future rental income into consideration. Yes, now. yes. So at the moment APSA is the only bank who does that, but I'm sure the other banks will follow. But mm-hmm. Alice can do that. So, But also with the future rental income or any rental income, the bank don't take the full amount. They yes. normally take about 60 or 70% of that rental income. Okay. But in Alice's case, it can be used as future rental income, but at this point, only APSA looks at future rental income. So, so if that house is, the first house's uh, bond has been paid off, mm-hmm. would that uh, change the scenario? It won't change the scenario. Okay, so it's still, still seen as if, if she, but future what she, income. It, it will still be seen as future rental income, yeah. Okay, okay. That's a great answer, Sherwin. I've got another question here from a listener. Um, doesn't say from where. So this question is, I think, a common question, which is a very, very good question. I get this question a lot as well. Um, the client says, uh, anonymous, I've put myself un- under debt review. So she's put herself, or he's put us himself under debt review just after COVID. And we all know that C word <laughs> and uh, what we went through. Uh, a lot of people were struggling. They lost their jobs. They, for whatever reason, do I still stand a good chance of getting a home loan if I've put myself under under debt review versus being put under debt review? Um, I just have to answer anonymous. If you put under debt review, you get flagged on the credit bureau. Mm-hmm. So whether you've done it yourself or whether you were placed under debt review by a company or whether mm-hmm. you approach a company, if you're under debt review, unfortunately, get flagged on the credit bureau and the banks won't look at the application. Okay. And here's the thing as well. Um, if you're married in community of property, mm-hmm. so... Person A is married to person B, person A is under the interview, person B isn't under the yes. interview, but they married in community, community of property. property. Automatically, person B will also be under the interview, so they mm. also won't be able to apply for, yes, for a bond. Yes, makes sense. Just coming back to the pre-approval, is the, does that affect your credit score as well? The pre-qualification, we have to do a, a credit check, mm. so it, it will be seen as an inquiry. But so once it goes to the banks, it won't be seen as another credit oh inquiry. Okay, but it's valid for three months, so you must make sure in that three months you're using that pre-approval to buy us. Because if you after the three months have gone, you're going to have to reapply. Then we'll have to do a okay. new, okay. A, a new qualification for you. Okay, that's fantastic. Just a reminder to our listeners before we go to the next song, um, you're listening to the Start Property Show. I just mentioned the fact that we have a free course in real estate. If you ever thought just had the thought of how do I become an agent, where do I go, what, do, what is my first step, what is involved, what do I need, all that questions can be answered in this free course, which started this morning, but you can still get in, uh, uh, get a seat. Um, it happens in Easter over this time um, at our shop, uh, uh, shop five row center at our office. Um, there's enough space, I think there's two st- seats left since I checked this morning. So make that move and contact us to find out how you can get into 
learning about real estate, what's involved. It's free, so no obligation to join, but 90% of the, the, the our students join us because they just get so excited to hear what the possibilities are. You're always going to need to uh, buy or sell a house, so there is a market for for this type of business. Um, our next song is by Mark Fransman. It's an, a song called Cape Funk. You are tuned into the Start Prop Property Show.
the Start Proud Property Show every Wednesday from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Start Prop, the property professionals. tuned into the leading internet radio station in the mother city all right welcome back to start props property show we like you've heard on the jingle that we are live every wednesday between 12 and 1 to our loyal listeners thank you very much for tuning in i hope you are learning something today as every week um today we're talking to a bond originator called sherwin van der Ever with pro mortgage um we've just sure the time has been flying so we just got Time for one more question before we wrap up. Uh, and we're going to be playing out uh, with the song straight after that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's look in at the next question. Um, some, many people might be asking, look, I'm not earning the greatest of salaries. Um, can me and my husband uh, apply together? How many, what I'm getting at is how many people are allowed to apply for a bond? Okay, that's a good question because... People have the misconception that if you do apply for a joint bond, you must be married to the person. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be married to a person to apply for a joint bond. Mm -hmm. So it can be you and your son, it can be you and your girlfriend, boy, you and your boyfriend, mm -hmm. you and your um, partner, your parent, it can be whoever. Mm -hmm. You can apply for up to, it's up to four people can apply for four. a joint okay. bond. Okay. So most of the time people do that to aid affordability because sometimes mm. affordability is an issue but the more applicants there are the better your affordability will so be. So how does that work? Does the bank uh, deduct the money off one account, one of the accounts? It, it gets deducted off one account, yeah. So they, the purchasers will nominate whose bank account will be debited. It's normally okay. the person with higher income mm -hmm. but they can decide whose account will be debited. And the, the rest of the four, do they just add to that or, or is it just based on affordability that they, they take four people applications does it uh, does it affect your so for example you there's four people going to be staying mm -hmm. in house boyfriend sister brother whatever okay. and they um adding to the affordability to get the bond but the repayments mm -hmm. does it only is only that one person liable for that payments or do the others contribute or somehow look that will be agreement between the four between of them, them. That will be an agreement before the, between the four of them. So one account will be debited, mm. and then they can agree to transfer the rest of the amounts into that person's account every month. So what happens now as your boyfriend and girlfriend now stray it and say, "What a bro and a cousin Simon Alice, this net in any eyes." Is he going to be seen as the one that's liable, only liable for that because he's the only one staying there? But because they moved out, they're not liable to pay anymore. How does that work? Look, like I said, it's going to be agreement between the, between the four of them. So whatever they agree amongst each other, that's between of them. The one account will still be debited. Mm. It doesn't matter who lives in the house. The bank is still going to debit that that's one account. Yes. So that person whose account is being debited must then make sure that the other people then mm. pay their off um, into his account or give him cash. Or so you cash obviously make sure it's a person that's not going to, because it can obviously get sour and where the one is stuck with, um, the others refuse to pay him or, you know, and he's stuck. But legally, I think they jointly and severally be liable for that payments. Yeah, they do, because look, obviously they sign at the attorneys, so they yes. sign legal documents. Mm. So buying a property with someone, it's a big deal. So you yes. must make sure that this person is loyal, is trustworthy. Mm -hmm. 
because buying if you're buying a property with your boyfriend uh, over two weeks you break up with your boyfriend then what's going to happen mm. so you must make sure when you buy a property you're in this for the long run fantastic that's a great answer Sherwin uh, thank you again Sherwin for coming out and, and speaking to us about bonds Sherwin is a bond originator is these are basically the guys that are uh, working for you to get that bond, applying at the various banks, trying to get the best credit, um, the interest rate for you, uh, holding your hand throughout the process and guiding you into what the next step is, advising you on what which uh, offer to take from which bank. Uh, Sherwin, you've given us some great tips here. Uh, if there's any other question, please feel free after the show to contact our WhatsApp line, uh, either directly or you can WhatsApp, or if you want to speak to an agent about anything, property related speak to the office they'll put you in touch with the right people uh, we do rentals commercials um, commercial sales residential uh, you name it we've just opened up a branch in Goodwood as well uh, we've got the branch in Bergfleet one in East River which we spoke about and Goodwood and another one coming soon but we're not going to tell you about that yet uh, we'll make that announcement when the time comes um, but thank you for listening listeners we've got one more song in our list of M, and it's by Melanie Schultz, and the song is called Brighter Days. Tune in to the Start Prop Property Show every Wednesday from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Start Prop, the property professionals.